Oh, we've got some really good news for you. Oh, yeah. Do you remember? Probably not because it was like five whole minutes ago, but do you remember when the valiant warriors and the resistance saved our democracy by getting rid of Donald Trump? <laughs> I mean, if those people had chanted lock her up at Hillary maybe five or six more times, it all would have been over. America would have become North Korea overnight. But the good news is here. American democracy has rebounded. It's stronger than ever. How do I know? Well, because absolutely no one on the left is worried in the least about what happened yesterday. Now, me, I, at first I was a bit skeptical. I was like, wait, wait a minute, this kind of feels a little banana republic-y to me. Feds rating the residence of the guy who is the front runner to be the GOP nominee in 2024. But silly me, I had it all wrong. The Atlantic had to correct my wrong thing. The Mar-a-Lago raid proves the U.S. isn't a banana republic. Oh! A bedrock principle is that no one, not even the president, much less the former president, is above the law. And if they commit crimes, they must answer for them. Now, I used to think that when dictators like Nicolas Maduro unleash the power of the government on political opponents, that was abusing power. But really, Maduro is just proving that in Venezuela, no one is above the law. And that's great. So if you were like me and worried about America devolving into some kind of third world banana republic, just remember our simple new guide to banana republicing. When the good guys are in the White House, it's not a banana republic or anything like that. Because only the evil bad people who have stuff to hide get in trouble. And thankfully, there's 87,000 new agents to help the government fight and find all the bad people. You have absolutely nothing to worry about unless, unless you're one of those bad people. Are you? You can trust our leaders. <laughs> What could possibly go wrong? Don't, don't, don't answer that. Stu does America. BlazeTV.com slash Stu is the place to go to subscribe to Blaze TV. Use the promo code Stu and save yourself 10 bucks. Ben Weingarten is here to give us his take on yesterday's and today's huge breaking news. Uh, Biden wants everyone to just buy an electric vehicle. But they, honestly, that continues to be a stupid solution for me. A stupid man. But we start by doing the raid on Mar-a-Lago. And speaking of Joe Biden, he had no idea. No idea this was coming. He was totally left out in the cold on this one. No clue whatsoever. The White House had no idea any of this was going to occur. And I hope you remember that always. The FBI executed a search warrant at Trump's Mar-a-Lago in a, uh, yesterday in a document uh, investigation is what CNN is calling it. Not really probably the word I would use to describe it. Uh, something else. Um, and it really is a very, very strange moment. And I want to kind of go through all the things you need to know, all the questions you might have on this and where we can go from here. But let's start with the easy stuff first, because it's a point that everyone has made, but yet we still have to make it. What about Hillary? What about Hunter Biden? Now, look, I get it. In a way, maybe I'm being boring right wing pundit with this, but come on. We didn't have to search for Hunter Biden's laptop. You know why? Because we had the whole thing. We had all the emails, all the texts, all the pictures of him doing cocaine off of hookers. And yet nothing can come of this. We have texts of them talking about him lying on federal gun forms. 
We can't do anything with that information. It's just too perplexing for us. On the other hand, Hillary Clinton, we didn't bother searching for anything, it seemed. We couldn't find anything because they were all deleted. And here is a very similar circumstance where Hillary is taking emails she's not she's not supposed to be taking. They're not supposed to be her private emails. They're supposed to be uh, property of the federal government. That's how this stuff works. And we're supposed to believe that now the opposite is going on here where Look, yeah, Donald Trump had some boxes of documents he took in a rush. I don't know if you remember, there's some stuff going on on around the transition here between these last couple of presidents. Uh, He took some documents he shouldn't have had, they say, and they had to go get them. We're supposed to believe that this is all about documents. Uh, it, It seems very difficult for me to believe, but it is very possible to believe the incredible double standard. And I The laziest form of punditry is to point out the double standard, yet it is also, it must be done. Hillary Clinton, Hunter Biden, name another 25 Democratic officials. None of this stuff ever happens to them. It does it. It never seems to go on. And yet here we are with Donald Trump, a person that the left and the media and the government seem to be completely obsessed with. I, I, I. It's just incredible how much time and attention they give to this one person. I just don't understand it. Let's do the other double standard uh, story of the day. What if Trump, what if Trump did something like this? Do you think you'd get the universal praise that the media has been providing the Biden Justice Department? Do you think if Donald Trump raided the home of his likely upcoming opponent, we would have this sort of thing going on. We can kind of get a picture of what that coverage might look like when you look back at what happened with the Ukraine impeachment, where he talked about, hey, you know, maybe you should look for some of these uh, Joe Biden documents. At the time, it looked like Joe Biden might be the next candidate he would be facing. And everybody freaked out. They literally impeached him over it. They wanted to throw him out of the country. They wanted him to never be able to run for office ever again. That's how they reacted to it last time. Months and months and months of constant attention on this one phone call where he decided he wanted to see if he could get more information about Joe Biden, who was his future political opponent. Imagine if he raided Joe Biden's home. Imagine what they would have said. Imagine if they raided Hunter Biden's home and found the laptop that way instead of a crack high uh, heroined out, strung out uh, Hunter leaving it at a computer store. Imagine if that came into their possession because the the Trump Justice Department raided the Biden home. Can you imagine what that scenario would look like? A lot different than the one you're looking at today. I don't know that we've ever in all of our history, certainly as long as I can remember, ever seen the government, the media, the left ever obsessed with one person the way that they are. They are completely obsessed with Donald Trump and taking him out, making sure he is not the next president of the United States. Now, there's another way you can go about this. If you really want to make sure that Donald Trump is not the next president of the United States, you could do a good job. I don't know if they've thought of this option, but they could 
govern the country with some competence. And then people might say, hey, Joe Biden's doing a good job. I want him to be president for another four years. And you know what? If he doesn't want to do it, let's get Kamala in there because she's so wonderful. They've abandoned that option completely. And they decided to do the worst job humanly possible, stringing together a a cacophony of cataclysm never before seen from any president. So here we are now, instead of actually just beating Donald Trump at the polls, the polls they've assured us are so reliable, uh, the polls that they've changed all the rules in their favor, they can't go out and just do that. They instead have to bitch about Donald Trump and try to push him out some side way. We'll get into the results of that uh, in a in a in a second. But I mean, it goes so far with this. Like, you know, we people are like, oh, well, Joe Biden, he's had a good week. What a good week Joe Biden's had. He's got this bill that's gone through. And I'll remind you that the last time he had this big bill that went through, it led to the worst inflation in 40 years. So just passing a bill, not necessarily a win, boys and girls. But he had that big win. He killed Zawahiri, killed a a terrorist who had taken out a bunch of Americans. And I unite with with uh, them saying, I'm really glad Zawahiri is dead. Now, of course, I give most of the credit to the military because they're the ones that really do the hard work there. But hey, Joe Biden's president, he's commander in chief. He wants to take a little victory lap on that. I'm fine with it. But I, I missed the same victory lap when Soleimani was killed. When Trump took out Soleimani, I felt the same way. I felt the same way when Obama killed Osama bin Laden. I felt the same way when Trump took out Soleimani. I felt the same way when Biden uh, took out Zawahiri. Why doesn't the media feel the same way? They love the Osama bin Laden death. They loved the Zawahiri death. But Soleimani, terrible. It was going to turn us into World War III. This is an erratic president doing crazy erratic things. He can't be trusted with the button. Do you remember all that? The double standard is here. We know it's here. We have to highlight it, but you can't just stop there. You got to keep going. So the next point to know about the Mar-a-Lago raid is if you're going to go to a former president's house and raid it, you better have the goods. There better be no question here about what you're doing. You better have something really, really good. You better have Donald Trump literally shooting someone on Fifth Avenue on video. You better have Donald Trump directing child pornography you better have something pretty freaking. It bet you better have not Ted Cruz's dad killing JFK. You better have a young Donald Trump on the grassy knoll with a rifle. That is what you need to have. If you're going to do something like this, it better be big and you better be sure. But what do they have right now? Seemingly a whole lot of nothing. What was fascinating about this was if you listen to the immediate aftermath, as I was, I happened to listen to CNN to see what their reaction was to this news. And the immediate thing was they must have him on the grassy knoll. They must have him shooting someone on Fifth Avenue. There must be something amazingly powerful here or they would have never done this. And very quickly, it went from that uh, to don't call it a raid. It's just a little search for documents. It's just what they're just looking for a couple documents. What are you talking about? Why are you saying it's a big deal? It's not a big deal. It's a very it's a very standard ray. I mean, uh, search and everything's going to be completely fine. Don't worry. Everything's completely fine. Why did that change so fast? 
I mean, they really thought this was a big deal initially, and all of a sudden they backed off of it almost immediately. And now we're to this. This is what they're saying now. If he took documents out, if you look at the, uh, the, the, the uh, U- uh, 18 U.S. Code 2071, you find this line. Uh, if you uh, obliterate, falsify, destroy, uh, mutilate, remove, or conceal documents, you can be uh, fined under this title or imprisoned, not more than three years or both, and shall forfeit his office and be disqualified from holding any office under the United States. So they're trying to say the documents themselves are enough to bar him from office. Now, there's all sorts of uh, constitutional uh, conflicts here. Uh, most legal scholars don't believe that would actually hold up. In fact, it was true then and it's true now. It was the same argument with Hillary Clinton and the emails. You know, most legal scholars were like, look, you can't bar Hillary Clinton from running because she kept a few emails. That's not the, the Constitution is what tells you what qualifies you to be president. This law is secondary. and It's not going to hold up against the Constitution. So it doesn't seem like that would work anyway. But really, you really raided the president of the United States home over the fact that he took a couple of boxes of documents that by all reports are things like letters from Kim Jong-un. Like he got a letter from Kim Jong-un. He thought it was cool. He hung it on the wall. Now, I wouldn't hang. <laughs> I wouldn't hang the, the, the letter of a murderous dictator on my wall. I have to admit. But it's not that big of a deal. Maybe this historical document should be in the National Archives. But really, you're raiding the former president's home over that? That doesn't make any sense. And Think about this. I don't know what your position is on the last few years. We have a wide range of people, mostly on the right, but not exclusively, and a wide range on the right. We have some people who think, you know, the the election was stolen and it was the biggest thing and the worst thing ever. And a bunch of people who say, you know, I, I think, you know, Joe Biden just squeaked one out in that election. Whatever you think is just from that perspective, think of the people who the left and the media and our law enforcement seem to tell us are the biggest domestic threats that we have. The evil right-wing militia members who are Stop the Steal and Oath Keepers and Proud Boys and militia people and, oh, Charlottesville, blah, 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 blah. Those people are oh so dangerous. They tell us all the time, and some of them are, right? We have seen some people act terribly. Well, Imagine hearing this news if you're one of those people. How are you going to react to this? It almost seems like you're trying to get them to give you another January 6th or Charlottesville or what else. Who knows? If you really believe these people are threats, the last thing you do is antagonize them by going after the person they think is God for no reason whatsoever other than he took a couple of boxes home. It makes absolutely no sense. So the question is, is it really about boxes or is this some kind of fishing expedition? And that's kind of the argument being made by uh, National Review's Andy McCarthy. Now, Andy, of course, has, you know, he speaking of all these terrorists we were just talking about, he's one of the guys that prosecuted them. I mean, he's one of the biggest. He's a prosecutor, one of the biggest experts in this field. And he kind of goes through this. He has a, play, a piece out called The FBI's Mar-a-Lago Raid is not about the uh, is about the Capitol riot, not the mishandling of classified information. You might say, well, wait a minute. All we've heard is it's about classified information. Here's his justification. This is him. He's speaking. Let's say I'm a prosecutor. He says, let's say I suspect X committed an armed robbery, but I know X is dealing drugs. So I write a search warrant application laying out my overwhelming probable cause that X has been selling small amounts of cocaine from his apartment. I don't say a word in the warrant about the robbery, but I don't have to. 
if the court grants me the warrant for the comparatively minor crime of cocaine distribution, the agents are then authorized to search the whole apartment. If they find robbery tools, a mask, a gun, the law then allows them to seize those items. I believe that principle is key to understand the FBI's search of former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida on Monday. The ostensible justification for the search of Trump's compound is his potentially unlawful retention of government records and mishandling of classified information. The real reason is the Capitol riot, right? They haven't been able to get the documents. They haven't been able to get the access to the people that they want in the January 6th commission. We all know Merrick Garland is completely obsessed with this idea of domestic terrorists. Again, why would you inflame them by doing this? I don't understand that exactly, but he's obsessed with this. He wants to take them down. It's his highest priority. And so he says, you know, we know he has those documents. He hasn't given them to us. We really want access to look around the place and see if we can find something good on January 6th or whatever. What if we just use the document stuff to get in there and then we can search everything? That's pretty plausible. Now, will they find anything? I mean, I can't imagine they will, Largely because, uh, you know, Trump obviously had to know this was a possibility, even if he had some, uh, uh, you know, smoking gun about January 6th. If he left it in Mar-a-Lago, I mean, uh, he's a lot dumber than he seems to be. Uh, I'll put it that way. So I doubt that would be the case. And I don't think that that thing exists anyway. So you go through this whole uh, uh, this whole game. And you remember, you put in a guy, Merrick Garland, who's very, very upset. He didn't get a Supreme Court uh, chance that he thought he should have. He didn't get his seat. He's a guy that wants revenge on the people who, uh, who took it away from him in his mind. Now, of course, it, it wouldn't have been voted through anyway. It's a long story. We've talked about it before. But all of this, I think, uh, adds up to one simple truth that this all but guarantees a Trump run. Uh, you know, if, if he, even if he was on the fence before this, now he really can do it. He's going to, uh, I think, help himself quite a bit. And you might say, well, you know, why would the left do this? Well, first of all, I think they're looking at their current efforts and they're not working. A new Monmouth poll has come out and the most recent uh, House hearings did not move the needle. Let me give you the numbers on this. Uh, Was January 6th a riot? Before the hearings, 65% said yes. After 64. Was it an insurrection? 50% before, 52% after. Was it a legitimate protest? 34% before the hearings, 35% after. Was Trump directly responsible? 42 to 38 It actually dropped. These hearings dropped if Trump was responsible. Was Biden one win due to voter fraud? No change. Paying a lot of attention to hearings. Only 23 percent were. And did the hearings change your mind? Only 8 percent said so. Now, this is going to do, I think, uh, they may want to vilify Trump and get him out of this race with this sort of activity, but I think it's going to do the exact opposite. It strengthens him. It gets people to rally around him. I think a lot of people looked at the Trump, you know, obviously he's obsessed with the, with the 2020 results. He's talked about that a lot. He's backed candidates who uh, want to change the way the elections are done and did not like the results of the last one. And so a lot of people, though, on the right were saying like, okay, look, we might even agree with you, but let's move on. We've got bigger fish to fry right now. Uh, this is going to, I think, line people around Donald Trump. They're going to want to say, this is ridiculous. You're targeting him and we we're going to rally around the guy. I think this makes him more likely to win the primary. And I don't know. Maybe that is what the Democrats want. I don't know. Maybe they think he can beat him. That's what uh, Biden has said outwardly. I don't know if he actually means it or not. But the main thing here is we need to remember we can't become a banana republic. This is not cool, guys. We can't. You know, uh, the IRS, has, as I mentioned, uh, going to be hiring 86,852 new 
employees. These are people that will wind up targeting tons and tons of those who they deem to be their enemies. It's not going to be like, I mean, sure, they'll go after some CEOs, but those people have great accountants. Uh, going after small business owners, a lot of people wind up being on the right. That's where the money is. They got some money, not, not as much as the CEO, but they don't have the money for the high-powered attorneys. You can win those uh, audits against these people, and that's, that's a sad but true thing. And we talked to Mike Lee a while ago. Uh, this is during the Clinton times, and everyone wanted to go after Hillary Clinton. And he said, look, it's, I understand why, and, we, and no one can be above the law, but it's important that we don't use the power gained in an election to turn it against the person who lost the election. It's one of those things that that happens all the time in banana republics. You win that election and then you use the, the newly gained power to target your political enemies. Only in a very extreme circumstances should that power ever be utilized. And, you know, there's an argument to be made that it never should be utilized. They have crossed a major line here. And it's 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 very, very scary. So, look, the truth is, you know, we could talk about the double standard. What about Hillary? What about Hunter? Uh, what if Donald Trump had done these same things? Uh, and that's all very valid. But if you're going to go and go after a former president, you better be freaking sure of it. You can't just go on some random fishing expedition. That's not the way this goes. And all this is going to result in something that maybe the Democrats do want. But man, last time they said they wanted it, they got a mouthful, a Trump run for president in 2024. I wouldn't be surprised if he announces it soon in reaction to this. We have to fight off the instinct to become a banana republic. We will not do it. I hope on the right, but I will say this, the left doesn't care. They don't care about these lines. They don't care about these standards. They don't care about these traditions. They want to violate every single norm and use every little bit of power to do it. We're going to talk more about this with Ben Weingarten next. You know, buying or selling a home is already super stressful, so why deal with a shady real estate agent? You need to have the best agent in your area. What does the best agent in your area know? Well, they know the market. They know where the best deals are. They know where the best school systems are. They know uh, what's the right value for your home. They know who to go to to get the repairs done that you might need to get even more value out of your home. They know what repairs to skip. So you don't waste $5,000 on some repair that you don't get back in the sale. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go where you get screened real estate agent. They'll get right back to you with all the information that you need, get the introduction done so you can get the best agent in your town. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Check it out now. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Let's bring in Ben Weingarten. He's a senior contributor to The Federalist, the deputy editor of Real Clear Investigations and a fellow at the Claremont Institute. And he's got a piece in Newsweek right now. It's called The FBI's Mar-a-Lago Raid Presents a Time for Choosing the Regime or America. Ben, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me, Stu. Appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not the guy who is going to come out here and every single time a news story breaks, think the republic is crumbling. I'm not the guy that is going to uh, to tremble every time Donald Trump gets a piece of criticism. He's a big boy. He can fight for himself. But like, am I wrong here? This feels like we've crossed a major line. Yeah, this is in some ways a Rubicon crossing, unprecedented. Republic is 
beyond crumbling, we're beneath the banana republic kind of moment. And on the other hand, I would say, and maybe this is even more disturbing, this is kind of par for the course from what we've seen in terms of the weaponization and politicization of the national security apparatus against anyone who dares dissent from its orthodoxy and especially anyone who threatens its power and privilege. And Donald Trump is perceived to be, as I write in this Newsweek piece, uh, an existential threat as one individual representing tens of millions of Americans to our ruling class, to their gravy train, uh, to this club that they have created. And they feel they need to crush anyone and everyone who would dare cross them. And where this is a uniquely disturbing and devastating moment is you have a president's administration, his DOJ slash FBI, being sicked on the predecessor as a private citizen over documents that federal authorities have already reviewed to the best of our knowledge. This is usually handled to the extent this really has to do with potentially classified documents, which Donald Trump reportedly had already declassified. And again, authorities already had reviewed. Uh, that's a pretext as far as I'm concerned, but let's take them at their word in good faith. You don't need to sick FBI agents on Mar-a-Lago to go after these documents and crack open the former president's safe. There are normal channels by which you could negotiate and obtain whatever you think you need to obtain, but I can't accept that this is a good faith act because every single week there's a new act of rank corruption and politicization emanating from this apparatus. I mean, remember, just in the last couple of weeks, Chuck Grassley has said that the FBI and DOJ protected Hunter Biden in numerous ways while going after Grassley and Ron Johnson for probing Hunter Biden. And then Jim Jordan says that the FBI whistleblowers tell him they're cooking the books in terms of the doubling of domestic violent extremism investigations in this country. Obviously, we can go all the way back to Russiagate and beyond one event after the other. It always cuts one way. Regime dissenters get attacked, get punished to the fullest extent, and the regime protects its own. Yeah, you know, I, I think if this was the first time or the first thing we saw, I'd be more open to the idea that, that it maybe has some credibility behind it or something. I mean, this just seems like a fishing expedition by a group of people that are completely obsessed with removing Donald Trump from public life. Uh, and, and him specifically, I mean, I think... You're right in that it's much broader than just Donald Trump, but like they are laser focused on making sure they do not have to beat this guy in an election. Absolutely. And they've become everything that they claim to hate and oppose, or maybe they always have been this way. And it was just that Trump brought it out of them. And when they talk about the bad orange man being this fascist and authoritarian, they are engaging precisely in fascist and authoritarian acts by sicking the entire security state on a political opponent. They don't hate Trump because they thought he would break institutions and violate norms as they've done time and time again to combat Trump. They hated Trump because he uniquely threatened their power and privilege because he actually presented policies counter to their conventional policies that they've so richly benefited from while we've suffered from them in so many different ways. And so that was the big threat of Trump. The big threat of Trump was always that he threatened to upset their apple cart, this racket that they've created. He called them liars, crooks, and thieves, phonies to their face. <laughs> they could not tolerate that. And so yes, uniquely they loathe him and feel they need to destroy him. But just as equally, they feel they need to bring to heel the lowliest of 
January 6, detainees held in pretrial detention without pennies to their name being held, in many cases, on trumped-up glorified trespassing charges. That's not to legitimize or claim that people who engaged in crimes on January 6 ought not to be prosecuted to the fullest extent, even though on their side they don't prosecute to the fullest extent. But it is to say that it's even down to the lowliest Trump supporter they feel they need to send a message and crush them to try and silence and intimidate tens of millions of Americans who feel the same way. Mm, it's, it's just it's a terrifying moment. Let, let's talk a little bit about the process here, because this is not the normal way this goes. Right. We've never <laughs> seen this happen in history when it comes to a former president. It, we have had back and forth, however, between, uh, you know, the, the National Archives and former presidents. We've seen this happen before. What could they have done other than raid his residence? Well, I mean, first of all, by all accounts, President Trump has cooperated with federal authorities, namely the National Administration of Records, uh, regarding collecting these documents taken to Mar-a-Lago, purportedly some of which were sensitive, and that's the pretext for uh, this raid. But I mean, first of all, well before you get here, if there was contention over these documents, then litigate, just as the administration, or rather the Gen 6 committee, litigated with respect to some of these documents. I mean, the president has invoked executive privilege before. It's been litigated in a court. I mean, I think we've all seen that the courts themselves are not the most independent and impartial arbitrators necessarily, uh, but at least that's a more legitimate process than executing a search warrant and sending these FBI agents to raid the place. There are any number of steps that could have been taken first. Normal course cooperation, if need be, litigation, you can subpoena, a whole way, array of options you can take before you ratchet it up to the most extreme one. And you know this builds, by the way, on Eric Holder just a few days ago saying he believes an indictment is coming against President Trump. We've seen the fact that apparently federal officials, prosecutors have been reaching out to those in Donald Trump's inner circle lately for interviews. So this to me looks like the ramping up of a process that ultimately will culminate in the indictment of President Trump. Wow. Andy McCarthy has said, that this is a pretext, the notion that this is about the Presidential Records Act, that this is actually all about January 6th. I think it could be all of the above because once you go in and start looking at all the documents in his home, of course, you can find anything under pretext of whatever the original investigation was. So this is a show me the man and I'll show you the crime process. And I think for anyone who had doubts, I think we're now at about 100% that an indictment is coming from quote unquote, moderate, independent, impartial Merrick Garland. <laughs> Uh, this is that's a remarkable statement. I mean, and I think it does seem to be going that way. I, I you know, I, I saw Andy's uh, analysis as well. And I think it seems it seems to be at least uh, it seems to make sense. Right. Like that they would use this minor thing to go in there and then they can get access to as much as they want. But what happened to like the scope of a warrant, just the, the, the limitations on an investigation. If you go into someone looking for, you know, like we've seen this with, with the Alex Jones text recently, right, where they said, hey, send us all your Sandy Hook texts. And then they sent all the texts <laughs> to him and apparently some very strange photos involved in, su in such. But like they didn't have access to those texts initially, you know, with uh, with naked photos going back and forth. They had they were limited to the, the scope of the investigation, Sandy Hook. Here, it seems like they're like, OK, well, we got in the door. So therefore, all of this is ours. Well, and I think and of course, we haven't seen the text of the warrant. But again, I, I just I can't 
uh, hold them as operating in good faith here or have this pretense of legitimacy just given the acts that have led up to this. I mean, just take Carter Page, for example. Okay, the FISA warrant on Carter Page. Remember the lance that they went to literally doctoring an email, covering up the fact that Carter Page himself had been an informant and helped, I believe, the FBI and CIA in pursuing Russians. They hid all that. Of course, they leaked information that was inaccurate to a press to spin it out there and then reincorporate that into the FISA warrants, all of which is a way of saying they will use any tactic to get a person if they want to get them. And Carter Page, remember, was a wedge into all of Trump world. And I think there's an analog here mm. in terms of you get into Mar-a-Lago, you're reportedly looking for specifics in documents, supposedly sensitive documents, even though the president has claimed that he's declassified all these sensitive documents. And he's the ultimate authority on that, even though he got subverted time and time again from, by his own administrative officials in trying to declassify things for the good of the American people. Why would we expect that they would limit themselves to whatever the four corners of that search warrant say? I, I mean, I, yeah. I put it on the other side to say, prove it. Where's the where's the record of integrity and credibility here? Yeah, at this point, they really it's on them to prove that they are actually acting in good faith. Um, your piece uh, says that this moment is a is a time for choosing. Uh, can you explain that? What, what are we choosing uh, in, in this moment? Yeah, I think it's between a uniparty ruling class establishment that consistently closes ranks and protects its own, protects its institutional power and privilege against the American people. And and it and I say uniparty because look at the utter deafening silence among so many in the Republican Party today, particularly at the senior ranks. Mm. Okay. It, the best you could argue is that they are really afraid of running afoul of the security state themselves because it's that powerful. And look, I think that's true. When Chuck Schumer talks about they can get you six ways from Sunday, referring to the intelligence community and Trump, first of all, it's really disturbing that a U.S. senator with that much power says that, uh, and, and he honestly says that. Uh, what does that say about the fact that our security state has this much power? Mm. Uh, but on the other hand, it's do you understand what time it is? And what time it is, is that there's an onslaught against our most basic liberties in this country. Anyone who dissents from kind of current thingism or whatever the conventional wisdom is in Washington can be targeted using the full powers of security state. I think we've talked before, national strategy for countering domestic terrorism that this administration has put out calls for a whole of government plus private sector effort to counter quote unquote anti-authority or anti-government figures, which of course means anyone who dares have a different opinion from what the prevailing opinion is in Washington. If you don't understand that this leads to the persecution of tens of millions of Americans on the basis of their deeply held political beliefs, you don't know what time it is and you're standing on the wrong side. So you either stand with the American people or you stand with an utterly reckless and lawless regime lashing out in the most abusive of ways right before our very eyes in a brazen, overt way that I don't think we've ever seen before necessarily in American history. Mm. Uh, ben, about 30 seconds left. Uh, let me just go to politics for one second. Does this help Donald Trump? Does this hurt Donald Trump? I think on balance, it's probably a help because this energizes potentially millions of independent and apolitical Americans. You have some people hypothesizing, well, this is definitely going to force Donald Trump to run and the Democrats like that because they think he's beatable. On the other hand, you have other people saying this reeks of desperation. They're doing anything they can to destroy him and this is only going to empower him. I think on balance, it's probably 
a help because it further exposes how corrupt this regime is and what the two sides are, what the choice is in 2024. Mm. Ben Weingarten, senior contributor to The Federalist, a deputy editor of Real Clear Investigations, fellow at the Claremont Institute. His piece on New- with Newsweek is FBI's Mar-a-Lago raid presents a time for choosing the regime or America. We'll, we'll tweet that out as well. Uh, ben, great to see you, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. We still support the one China policy. We go there to acknowledge the status quo is what our policy is. There was nothing disruptive about that. It was only about saying China is one of the freest societies in the world. Don't but, take it from mm-hmm. me. That's from Freedom House. Let's it's talk a, strong a little democracy, bit. Yeah. Courageous people. Hmm. No, no, no pushback at all. China. One of the freest societies on earth. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, our walking, stuttering reason why we need to enact term limits in our government right the second. Nancy Pelosi has lost her mind so deep in the catacombs that Indiana Jones himself would not be able to find it. And keep in mind, the dementia is in addition to just how much this woman sucks. She sucks so much, we made a merch line out of it, as you may know. Yes, the Nancy Pelosi sucks pen is back in stock, along with a mug and the T-shirt. You're going to love this stuff. Proudly show your disdain for our visibly disintegrating Speaker of the House and maybe piss off a few idiot lefties. Everyone wins. Get your pen now while they're still in stock at nancypelosisuckspen.com or stewdoesmerch.com, where you can find a ton of other items as well. Use the promo code STU10. You'll get 10% off your order, uh, much like the 10% of Nancy Pelosi's brain leaking out of her ears at any given moment. It's nancypelosisuckspen.com or stewdoesmerch.com. Use the code STU10 and get 10% off. We'll be right back. Well, Ford has a new electric truck out, and I hope you're going to pick one up right now. It's the Ford F-150 Lightning. Um, Pretty exciting. Now, uh, as you might know, it's more expensive than the regular one, but good news. Okay, Uh, Congress has just passed the Joe Manchin uh, is, is the worst act which is not the official name, but that's what I call it. And he, uh, in there, it's got a $7,500 credit for your electric vehicle, which is awesome. So you can buy uh, a Ford F-150 Lightning and they get $7,500 uh, back to you. Uh, also, in other news on the uh, Ford F-150 Lightning, uh, they have raised the price by $8,500. So they, they raised the price by $8,500, but then you get $7,500 off with a tax credit. So basically, we are just making one big, gigantic donation to the Ford Motor Company. Uh, But hey, you're paying for it, and my guess is you're not going to get a Ford F-150 Lightning out of the deal. So congratulations. I hope you're happy with that. Uh, Joe Biden has also signed the $280 billion CHIPS Act. This is a a bid to get some chip making here in America. Some arguments uh, on both sides of this one. It's always good to have a well-distributed network and supply chain. Uh, But, of course, the government trying to be Mr. Protectionist never seems to ever work out right. But I want to go beyond that particular bill because we've been talking a lot. And I ranted yesterday 
unfortunately gets lost in the shuffle because of what happened with the uh, with the whole Trump raid. We found out about that right after our taping yesterday. The show was already done. But go back and watch this if you want to go through the bill. I was very fired up about it, ranting against Joe Manchin for uh, 20 minutes. But we also have to keep in perspective. It's not just the Democrats. Like, for example, let me go through some of the big spending priorities that we've gone through here in the last two years under Joe Biden. One point nine trillion dollars was the Biden covid situation. That was pretty much just Democrats. But then we forget the one trillion dollar plus bipartisan uh, infrastructure bill that passed. So that was you know, really with Republicans. And there was the seven hundred and forty billion dollar Inflation Reduction Act which was the Manchin-Schumer spendathon that we know about. And yes, no Republicans were on board with that, but they were on board for the $280 billion CHIPS Act that was passed just a couple weeks before. And they were on board for the Bipartisan Gun Act, which wasn't really a spending measure as much as it was horrible. They were also Republicans on board for the $278.5 billion burn pit uh, bill, which again... I would argue is a is a high priority to make sure we take care of our military members that may have been affected uh, during their time in service. But when you spend all this other money, it gets harder and harder to spend a little extra. And let's also not forget, we spent 60 billion dollars to Ukraine. For their war that we're not involved in at all, we're just sending the 60 billion dollars over there. Oh, and by the way, we are now going to send five point five billion dollars more. That's all bipartisan, by the way. $5.5 billion more in new fiscal and military aid to Ukraine. Now, that's not to say there's nothing good going on in Ukraine or that Russia is a, are a bunch of wonderful global citizens. But, like, we really should recognize a lot of the spending not just blamed on Joe Biden. It's not all AOC, boys and girls. A lot of this happens to be your friendly Republican who's voting for this, too. And it's something we, we better take uh, strict note of here. By the way, um, I will uh, give some credit to Governor Abbott, who is who has really just had a great couple months here. Uh, he announced this plan to ship some uh, illegal immigrants from Texas, where they were piling up by the thousands every day and going into these small little border towns and overrunning their uh, their systems uh, and, and resources. And he said, you know, what? we're going to put them on a bus and we're going to send them up to uh, New York and Washington, D.C. Well, the mayor very upset. He's got a sanctuary city for illegal immigrants, but he can't handle a couple of buses worth. This is real. He's now saying he wants to take a bus. I want to take a bus down to Texas and, and I'm going to campaign against Greg Abbott. Uh, good luck. I'm sure the New York mayor is going to move a lot of Texas voters. I can't wait for that to play out. That'll be interesting. And the Biden administration has now suspended officially the remain in Mexico border policy. So the Biden administration is lifting rules to let more illegals in. And they all, many of them, come into Texas, come into Arizona. And then Arizona and Texas say, hey, you know, we can't deal with this. If you guys want the, you know, illegal immigrants here so badly, we're going to bust them to you guys. A lot of the illegal immigrants want to go to Washington and New York. They go there and now they're a big problem for Eric Adams and Washington, D.C. and all these big cities. Well, that is a really sad story and I'm going to cry about it later. Not now, but much, much. You won't see me cry about it because I'll be off the air, but I promise I will shed several tears. If the last uh, 24 hours or so have not convinced you that we need something like Blaze TV to exist, 
Uh, I don't know how to I don't know how to communicate it any better. But if you are not a member of Blaze TV, we love that you listen anyway. We love that you watch the shows. But if you if you take the time, you have the the means. Sign up at blazetv.com/stew. The promo code is stew. It really helps out and helps us push back against the mainstream media. Glenn, by the way, has Ron DeSantis on his podcast. You'll get early access this week. It's blazetv.com/stew.